1: The Ziegler Show, timeless inspiration from Zig Ziglar that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide, inspiring true performance in your work and life today.
0: To hear many of the core Ziegler principles of personal, relational, and vocational success, Tune in to theartofcharmpodcast.com. It brings together entrepreneurs, artists, thinkers, leaders, and all-around interesting people to discuss relationships, attraction, life hacking, and success. Go to theartofcharmpodcast.com or search for The Art of Charm Podcast in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. We are here today for one reason only, to inspire your true performance. Listen to this. One of my daughters is attending a Taylor Swift concert this coming weekend at the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado. It seats 18,000 people, and it's sold out, of course. Zig Ziglar routinely spoke to audiences of well over 20,000 people. Friends, you're tuning into a show right now that within the next 30 days, over 30,000 people will have listened to right alongside you. Ultimately, over 50,000 people will tune in to a specific show like this one. I mean, on one hand, it's these numbers that make us one of the top business podcasts on the planet, but on the other hand, it makes you one of a very, very small percentage of the world who's actively striving to be at the top, to be more, to not merely exist, but to thrive, to live and leave a legacy. The world deserves your best. Thank you for being here and striving to give your best. I'm truly honored. Today I bring you episode number 336, a very special edition of The Ziegler Show. Why? Because I'm betting that Zig, up in heaven, has put aside a few saint-related endeavors just to be in attendance for the show today. Uh, because we're interviewing the daughter of one of Zig's primary mentors for his life, which is a big deal. Most people cite Zig as their mentor, Zig had mentors. This one's a primary one. This lady with us today is carrying on the legacy of her father very much, like Tom Ziegler is today. And there is much to be learned and gleaned on many levels, folks. This episode of the Ziegler Show is brought to you in part by Brain Tree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for a simple payment solution, check out Braintree. With one simple integration, you can offer your customers every way to pay, period. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fees free, go to BraintreePayments.com forward slash Ziggler. So friends, countrymen, Romans, hear me. Today I bring you Brenda Smith, daughter of Fred Smith Sr. His bio, Fred's bio, reads like this. He mentored executives and professionals. Prior to this, he was vice president of operations for Gruen Watch Company, consultant to Mobile, Caterpillar, and Genesco, before establishing his food packaging brokerage firm in Dallas, Texas. His speaking career spans 60 years in 50 states and in several international venues for business, uh, the academy, and Christian audiences. For 20 years, he has been a contributing editor for Leadership Journal and is the author of three books, You and Your Network, Learning to Read, and Leading with Integrity. Fred and his wife, Mary Alice, were married 65 years. He has three grandchildren, uh, three children, six grandchildren, and five great-grandchildren. Okay, that's his bio. Now, folks, though his last book, an additional book, I believe it was published the year of his death at the age of 91, was titled Breakfast with Fred. You can find it anywhere. You shop for books, of course. And the website, his website, where you can get the book, is breakfastwithfred.com. So check out, here's the book description. Fred Smith's 6.30 a.m. breakfasts have become legendary. Now you can join those whose lives have been stretched and enriched by his words of wisdom. You'll find a collection of 52 inspiring thoughts from Fred on a variety of topics that include leadership, perseverance, success, character, faith, friendship, family, and excellence. Following each entry is a thoughtful reflection from one of Fred's 52 good friends, including Zig Ziglar, John Maxwell, Pat Williams, and Ken Blanchard, who credit him with having a significant life and ministry influence. Thought-provoking questions, one-liners, and scripture references personalize the impact. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for a life-changing Breakfast with Fred. Okay, that's the intro to his book and, and for the website, Breakfast with Fred, and a great context for what we're going to get into today. Folks, Fred Smith was literally a giant of a man in his breadth of influence. I mean, it's said, of course, that Zig Ziglar influenced a nearly unprecedented 250 million people. But if Fred radically influenced the likes uh, also, along with Zig, of John Maxwell, Pat Williams, and Ken Blanchard, and just the even just the 47 other friends referenced in his book. Of course, there were lots of other people. Then Fred actually impacted maybe what? 500 million? A billion? I mean, we'll never know. But suffice it to say, Fred is more than a legend. So Brenda Smith is Fred's daughter and currently the president of the Breakfast with Fred Projects, Inc., a nonprofit organization designed to archive and relevantly communicate the life work of her father. Fred Smith Jr. So Brenda's background includes business ownership, corporate management, public relations. She's a national speaker and writer. Her articles have been published in magazines uh, and professional and ministry newsletters all over the place. She is the author of Divine Confinement, Facing Seasons of Limitation. Before we start, Tom, what have Fred and Brenda Smith meant to your own life and where Ziegler's headed today?
2: Well, first off, I met Fred, dad's mentor, many, many years ago. And I just remember the gleam in dad's eyes when he said, hey, guess what? You know, we're going to go out. And I can't remember if it was a lunch or it might even have been a golf outing. I want you to come and meet uh, Fred Smith, who's my mentor. And that was the start of just admiring this man from a distance. In fact, I tell many people he's the wisest man that I ever met. Uh, First off, because they have such great Uh, respect for my father, for him to consider Fred a mentor, that meant a lot. And then I had the privilege of hearing Fred several times in front of our audiences. And every time I heard him, the whole room was taking notes furiously. And there are very, very few speakers who I've seen that actually happen. Somebody who, at this point in his life, Fred was speaking, sitting down, and he had a, a strong but quiet voice, and everybody was leaned forward, and they were taking notes. And it was almost as if every line that he said had a profound nugget in it. We met Brenda, obviously, through Fred, and she has come on to our advisory board and, and been a big supporter and help to us. And one of the things that Brenda and I have in common is she is carrying on the legacy of Fred mm-hmm. and his wisdom in her own unique way. And uh, so I admire that and respect that. And whatever she says to me and to us and gives us support, we take to heart. So that's why I'm so excited that I'm here today with with Brenda on this Ziegler podcast, because all those of you listening, you know, it's always good to go back to the source. And Dad got his source from the Bible and a few others. And he went to Fred, who got his source from the Bible and a few others. And so now you kind of get the story behind the story, so to speak. So you're in for a treat with Brenda.
0: Oh, man. And I am so honored. Brenda, Yeah, thank you so much for uh, just the gift of being with us today and for doing what you do. So I want to start off just with uh, a testimony from, from you of how did Zig, what was your initial introduction to Zig and his message and what he did that initially impacted and influenced your life, somewhat of your, your own Ziggler story?
1: You're going to be surprised at this one because my initial story is that man can't be for real. <laughs> Zig and Dad were friends, good, good friends, and he would talk about them. And I would hear Zig. I'd go to sales meetings, and I would see him on the platform, and, and Dad would talk about his good friend Zig. And I'd say, Dad, I know he's a phony. He's got to be a phony. Nobody. Nobody is like that on and off the platform. And then, as a great blessing, I got to know Zig and Gene, and he was exactly, exactly the man off the platform that he was on the platform. The reality of that man, the humility, and the great love um, influenced me greatly, because I, I got to see integrity and in reality. Wow.
0: That's a dramatic testimony. I mean, we're on the topic, I mean, ultimately at the core of, uh, of Zig and Fred and now you and Tom of personal development helping people. Of course, Ziggler's tagline is inspiring true performance, but it helping us get more out of ourselves. So on that, I, I want to ask you, I mean, you are as much as sometimes people on the platform and with, uh, with, with, platforms as you guys have, you seem superhuman. So what are some primary aspects just of your own personal development that, proved in the past and maybe still do today to be your own Achilles heel, the place that you really have to dig in and bolster yourself.
1: Years ago, in a real dark time in my life, I was pretty much. And I got a little piece of paper in the mail from dad with a Bible reference And when I looked it up, it said, better is he that controls his spirit than he who takes the city. And that really spoke to me that uh, controlling myself, controlling my mental attitude, controlling my heart was going to be a, a pathway to victory. And it's a lot of what Zig talks about, a lot what... Tom lives out. I see in him. I see Tom as you go through ups and downs in business. I see him going back to that self-control, which is God control. And uh, I was thinking the other day, I like to be spirit-led, but that means I have to be spirit-fed. And that means I have to put the right things in my mind because self-talk mm-hmm. is going to either lead you to victory or lead you to defeat.
0: Okay, I want to come back to something you just said in there. That uh, yeah, being spirit-led and, and and controlling your spirit, and you you made a, a reference it made me think to where you weren't just gritting your teeth from your own self-will right. in order to correct that self-talk, but you were reaching out to your Heavenly Father. Get, give me a little bit on that because, I, again, that's when we know those of us who are faith-based, we, that makes, we know that that makes sense, but it's not often the natural place that we go towards when we're thinking, I've just got to get control of myself.
1: Oh, uh, Do you know Francois Fenelon? I he do not a, know that
0: name.
1: He's from the 1600s and he was a Catholic monk and he has a there's a group and accumulation of letters that was put together and it's called the seeking heart. And he talks about dying to self and, and just letting the Lord lead and not be so, so focused on the direction or on the, the goal, but on the direction. And I think that's what's helping me is that if I just turn my life over day by day, saying, you have a purpose for me, you have called me to this day, and whatever you bring to this day is moving me more toward the person that you would have me be in Christ. And it's not easy. Oh, there's some really bad days. (laughs) And you just have to open your hands and say, this day was on your calendar way before I got here. And you have a plan and a purpose for this day.
2: You know, Kevin, uh, just two, two lessons that come to mind, one from dad, one from Fred. We went to Fred's memorial service. And in his memorial, uh, he had a video that he'd recorded. How many months before did he record that? It four or five. Four or five months before, wow. before he passed away. And he was smiling and saying, I bet everybody's going to listen to me now, you know, which if <laughs> we're at a memorial. Everybody <laughs> laughed because they just knew a sense of humor. And, and uh, he said, people have been asking me, what's the biggest lesson I learned in my life? And he mentioned in that video that he had just learned it. And that was he was going through, you know, the end of life trial of being a complete invalid, of requiring 24-7 mm-hmm. care, of being dependent on somebody feeding and washing and turning him over. And he said that he would he would wake up in the morning and God had laid something on his heart to do, but he didn't even have the strength to open his eyes. And so he would negotiate with God. God, how can I do that? Why should I do that? You you know, you look at me. I can't do anything. And, of course, I think he said, I can't remember the video perfectly, but I think he said, when you negotiate with God, you always lose. <laughs> And he said, so then I knew what I had to do, and my responsibility at that point was to call Brenda over, right? Right. And he is famous for a group that he has called Breakfast with Fred, which we talked about earlier in the introduction, uh, which actually has Breakfast with Fred Leadership Institute now, which works with leaders on college campuses, which is an awesome program, Christian college campuses. But he would call Brenda over and then dictate to her a letter or a message or a note because that was his calling and his purpose, to write down things that would inspire people to take action that would change their life. And he said that's when he learned his biggest lesson. He said when when there's something that God puts in front of you, your only responsibility is to just start. (laughs) That's it. Just start. And then he said, because God doesn't give you the strength to overcome, he gives you the strength while... As you overcome.
1: As you overcome. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think uh, I think he's a big fan of Oswald Chambers, and mm-hmm. I am too, uh, but that's where that came from. And so mm-hmm. when Brenda talks about how we have up and down days, our only when I have that, my only responsibility is to get in the game and start. Mm-hmm. Because whether it's emotional uh, deficit that I feel or financial deficit or or whatever it is that I'm struggling with at that moment, I know that if I get in the game, going after the purpose that God's called me to, whatever that is for that day, he's going to give me what I need as I go about his business. Yeah. And then the second lesson is something that I learned from dad, and it's this whole idea of brokenness. Yeah. And that is when we get rid of ourself and have a higher calling or a higher purpose, uh, it really comes at the end of the road where you're completely broken. When you realize there's nothing of eternal significance that you can do without God. And that's where dad was for Mm -hmm. a good part of his life. And so I started studying that. What does it mean? And one of the things that I learned is that a broken purpose only has things that they focus on. One is maintaining a vibrant relationship with God. And two is sharing his truth and love. And so I dug into that. And here's the cool thing. When you share his truth and love, you have no responsibility as to how people receive it. It's right. it just is. And so that's how dad could get on stage with such power and conviction because he had done all the preparation he could humanly do. He had his relationship intact with the Father, and he went out there and shared the truth and love. And so the way people received it was up to them. So he never worried, he never qualmed, he he never hesitated, and he walked off the stage. And the judge of his performance wasn't the person who paid him the check or the people (laughs) in the front row or how many people laughed or how many people stood in line for an autograph. The judge was: Did he meet that standard of having that relationship and sharing the truth and love? Yeah. And so that's the connection. So Dad and Fred were kindred spirits in that. Yeah.
0: Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about twenty thousand breaths, according to the EPA. which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to dot com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that.
1: Kevin, I think one of the important things today is hope. Uh, We live in troubled times, and the lack of hope can put us under. And I have a 44-year-old son, and I decided it was my job to do the the right-wing conservative, you know, here's where the world's going, and this is what you need to look out for. And and he let me go on and on. And then he just looked at me and he said, Mom, do you really believe what you've said? I said, I certainly do, Jeff. He said, if you believe it's going to be that dark, then teach us to hope. Mm-hmm. He said, you all run around <laughs> doing all of this and... You have failed to teach us to hope. So I feel like that's part of my calling. And when we work with these college students, we want to bring a leadership message, but we really, really want to build deep into their hearts and their souls the true hope in Jesus, but also the hope of their calling Mm -hmm. that they are gifted that they each have a uniqueness. And in displaying that, in, in working on that uniqueness, that's where their contribution can be made. And that's where they will have hope. And that's where they will give this world hope. Well, okay. Well, let me,
0: let's expound on that because uh, you reference college students. And I know that's the Breakfast with Fred Leadership Institute. So here you have gone and created... A uh, so much wealth of information uh, from your dad's legacy and and yours and and others. I am curious as to why you chose the college market as your target market to take this into. You didn't decide to go to, it doesn't sound like to CEOs or so many different places, to college. Why?
1: That's interesting. Uh, After dad died, I was going through some of his files and I found one had a collection of letters because in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, he was part of a team of businessmen who would go to Baptist College campuses and spend a week. It was called Focus Week. And they would stay in the dorms or in the fraternity houses. And they had... Tremendous impact on those students because in those days you didn't have lay people. You didn't have business people who came and talked about faith and work. You had pastors, but you didn't have business people. And this whole file was from students who said, you will not know what this means to hear this from a business person. And I read these letters. and I thought, that still has legs. That idea has legs. And I knew how much dad loved doing that. So I went to Dr. Sloan, president of Houston Baptist, and laid this out, uh, bringing a team of men who had been mentored by dad, spending a day on campus, just being involved in the classroom in, with the athletes on student government groups. Just wherever the students were, it's very organic, at mealtimes, in the dorms. And um, we started in 2000, the first one was 2008. We're celebrating having done 10 (laughs) this coming week. And it's just, oh, it's an exciting thing. The second part of that that's equally important is that I saw so many men and women who were 65 and above, and they were no longer feeling vital and useful, but they had so much to give. So I put the teams together, and except for a few exceptions, the team members are all 65 or 70 or above, and they love it. And there's all kinds of of documentation to show that the millennials and the builders – have a great natural fit so when they go we're now up to spending two days on campus but the interaction and the connection is just tremendous it's it's just powerful.
0: Ziegler is about inspiring and increasing your top performance. Life is too short and precious to waste time and I got to tell you I'm doing some business development for a company right now and twice in the past two weeks I volunteered to take some packages to the mail for them uh, while I was out doing errands. I think I lost years of my life standing in line. Let me just say it was more than enough for me to tell this company they can't afford not to start using stamps.com. You can get your mailing and shipping done without leaving your desk. Thanks to stamps.com. Uh, stamps.com, they turned your PC or your Mac into your own personal post office that never closes. You can buy and print official us postage uh, for any letter or package using your computer and printer. Then just hand your mail to the mailman or drop it in a box and you'll never have to go to the old post office again. So right now use our promo code Ziggler for this special offer. You get a no risk trial plus $110 in bonus uh, it includes a digital scale that calculates exact postage for letters and packages you also get up to 55 bucks in free postage so i entreat you don't wait go to stamps.com before you do anything else click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Ziggler. that's stamps.com enter Ziggler. so i want i want to know more so you, here you have people primarily a uh, leadership team if i if i understand correctly of mm-hmm. people sixty five ish and over and over very different time of life so much wisdom accumulated you're going now to these college age I'm going to call them I think I'm old enough to call them kids I've got one mm-hmm. that, I've got one that age <laughs> and so I'm wanting to know what are the specific where is your focal point are you looking at their uh, from a personal development standpoint, I, I assume more so than just you know working on them vocationally. Now, you mentioned calling, but is your focus on helping them yeah, figure that out so that they are putting their efforts and investment in an area that resonates with them and is going to long term? Uh, and, or is it more on a personal development side of hitting those character issues that you know are going to derail them? And, and what are, what are some highlight points of that? And I know, and we'll come back again. I also have a question regarding hope, but I'm just wondering about a tangible aspect of application. Where are you guys really focusing in on with these kids?
1: We don't do plenary sessions and work and breakouts, workshops, We're very organic, very immersion-oriented, so I tell them, when you come to campus, that's where you are, and when you leave campus, you're going to leave it all on on the mat because they are just giving their lives to these students. I ask them to do three things. I ask them to take two or three principles they learned from dad and then apply their own life experience to those principles. I ask them to leave, we call them Fred Seds to leave two or three Fred Sedds, one-liners, with, with the students. But then I think the most important thing we do is, I said, prepare the story of a failure. Mm-hmm. Because this generation has gotten a trophy for breathing. They have never failed. They're going out and the campuses or the, the college administrators are telling us, they are failing. They're falling off the cliff and they don't know what to do. So I asked our team members to tell about a failure, not in great detail, but tell about a failure, how they processed it, how their faith impacted and what they learned. And this is resonating. You would be excited to see the offline discussions, you look around campus for those two days and they're over here in the corner or they're in the coffee shop or they're leaning against a wall and they're talking because they really want to, they really want the wisdom. Uh, People can talk about the millennials in a negative tone and I will, oh, I'll go against that day after day. This is a fine generation, a fine generation and they want wisdom. There was a study done uh, and their number one value was doing something of significance, doing something meaningful with their lives. 65 and above, one of their core values was leaving a legacy. Well, I think that's a natural nexus. Mm-hmm. and And so... When we're there, we're just there, body, mind, and spirit, to be influencing and, and with the students. We say we're there to create connections and begin conversations. So it's not about a curriculum. It's about life on life.
0: Anyone who knew Zig Ziglar knows he was a voracious learner. He read and learned and consumed all he could. He was an advocate of taking in great content. Today, there's an overabundance of information to be had, but the question is, what can you trust? What's efficient and effective? lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com is the leading online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. Check this out with a lynda.com membership. You can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching. You can stream thousands of video courses on demand and learn on your own schedule, Uh, learn at your own pace. Courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite-sized pieces. You can browse each course transcripts, To follow along or search for an answer and skip to that point in the video. So take notes as you go, refer to them later, download tutorials, watch them on the go. Uh, You get included access on your iOS or Android device. You can create and save playlists of courses you want to watch to customize your learning path or share with friends, colleagues, and team members. So for a free 10 day trial, visit lynda.com slash Ziegler that's L Y N D a.com slash Ziegler Z I G L a R. If somebody was listening to this, who was involved with the college, had a kid in college and said, I want you guys to come to see us. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a place that is that where they can inquire is. And, and I'll tell the website folks. It's it's B W F L I.com breakfast with Fred. Leadership Institute, is that where they would go and apply or inquire?
1: Yes, they can, or they can just send me an email, Brenda at com.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I I, I must tell you though, we're filled up for 2016 and 17. So they'll have to look at 2018. (laughs) I
0: I, I can imagine. So, so what I'm hearing is there's, there's all, it's not a a super structured scenario here. It's imparting wisdom is the point and it's the wisdom that you discern, uh, each individual leader discerns that that, uh, individual or group needs, which I, I love, but I got to come back to your statement of using a story of failure. And Tom, I, I feel like we've got to give a, a call out to our buddy, John Lee Dumas with entrepreneur on fire show. He does an interview of an entrepreneur. And if you have, if you've been on there, Brenda, by any chance,
1: I haven't seen that. Okay, Tom, we got We got to
0: introduce uh, we got to introduce you. He does an interview per day of of uh, inspiring entrepreneurs. One of the key topics that he pulls out in every show with every interviewee is take us through a failure. Uh yes. so you guys are going to resonate and, and for him yes. to know what you're doing on this with in the universities, he is going to love. But the statement that you said, uh they in today's day and age you get a trophy for breathing. Uh how much time do we have for a soapbox on that? I, I mean, you're totally right. I, no, I've, I've got kids, I've got a whole passel of kids and yeah, when they do some little running race and they give a blue ribbon to everyone and think well, what is the point of this? Cause that's not real life. And so I hear you testifying that the colleges are seeing that and seeing these kids have never had to experience failure. They get in here and we're prepping them for the, for, for the real world that's and right. they can't handle that. So for you to have, taken that and said, that's a primary issue that we have to deal with. Um, it says a lot for our culture, uh, not in a good way there, but, uh, so preparing people for failure, is that something that has always been a part of what you and, and your dad have done?
2: Well, Kevin, let me, yeah. let me jump, let me jump in for a second. Cause I'm going to say something bold, uh, for, Generations, colleges and universities were the place you went for knowledge. Uh And you got wisdom along with it. It was a different atmosphere. We no longer need a college or university for knowledge. True. I'm just letting that hang. We don't need it. There's unfiltered knowledge everywhere on the Internet. What we're desperate for is wisdom. Wisdom. And so this is filling that gap in these cases. And the kids know what they're missing. It's if you ask good questions, people will tell you where they're hurting. Brendan and I were talking about look for the mm-hmm. trouble mm-hmm. earlier on, you know, before this before this uh, recording. So that's that's where we are. And so, you know, knowledge is everywhere. It's unfiltered. Who's to be the judge? And we've got a culture that says hey, wait a second, when you share your wisdom, because if it offends me, it's not the wisdom I'm upset about, it's you. And that is a scary place to be, is that when we, are, when we don't even have an environment anymore where we can discuss deep issues that have foundations that might make our personal set of beliefs uncomfortable, and instead of having a conversation, we decide not to have it. And that's what's really getting me concerned about the college campus today. It's the fact that the knowledge they have is not the only place to get it, so they're becoming almost irrelevant in some cases. And two, the thing that they should be supplying the most of, which is wisdom, is almost considered contraband on campus.
1: But I will say that the Christian colleges that we've become so close to, oh, I am excited. I'm excited about their administration. I'm excited about their faculty because they truly want biblically-based wisdom being taught on those campuses or being caught, you know, the old caught, not taught. That's really what it's about. The atmosphere lends itself to wisdom. And I... I'm a huge fan, a huge advocate, a huge follower of Christian higher education.
0: Wow. Okay, so this is interesting. It wasn't necessarily the direction I thought we'd be headed, but we're going to go <laughs> we're going to go where we organically and spirit-led are are coming to because as you talk about that with I mean, it's a great obviously it's a killer point, Tom, that yeah, knowledge is so accessible, uh, often for free. And what we need is wisdom. I mean, is there an opportunity for the universities, for higher education to shift to that? Because there is, there's so much. We can get wisdom per se from a book. We can buy Fred's book. We can buy your book, Brenda. We can buy yours, Tom. We can buy Ziggs. And there is great wisdom there. But we know with you guys and with other leaders that the testimony we get is often from a personal individual yes. relationship and we can't get that from a book that is something obviously that is highly at hand and tangible in higher education on a university with a professor with leaders and we're obviously you know hitting on on mentors, which is a word that I know we all like it sounds great but it just does not exist out there. We don't have mentorship that is common these days. We have this incredibly connected uh, society (laughs) that we know is more and more isolated from deep personal relationships. So mentors and even the aspect of apprenticeships doesn't exist anymore. And I'm having to deal with that with my own kids and I can't be their resource for everything because I don't know everything. So where do I connect them with those aspects and it's not there. So again, Brenda, I hear you saying that that is what you're trying to do is come in and provide that. And you actually said relationships. Do you find that when you're going in with your leadership team and connecting with this students that often a relationship is is birthed right there that continues forward?
1: Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. As we go in, we ask the Holy Spirit to make a connection between each team member and a student, faculty member, or administrator. We ask that specifically. And we have wonderful stories of connections that become relationships. One of my favorite is our oldest team member is now 86 years old. At Dallas Baptist, he met a young man. They started having breakfast once a month. When that young man got married a few years later, he asked Ed to be a groomsman in his wedding party. So you had all these young college age young men walking in with the groom. And here was Ed at 80 some odd years because of this relationship that had been formed.
0: Well, one of the questions that I often get when this topic is brought up of, mentorship of teachers of somebody to pass down uh wisdom and and gosh another reference i'm out here of course in in colorado and am friends with a good number of folks involved with ransomed heart ministries that's john eldridge and they work specifically with men one of the common topics that comes up is young men who were not Ha- they were not given wisdom. They were not, uh, they were not taught much in all honesty by their, or by their fathers. And they have had to go find mentoring in different areas because they get out in the real world and, and realize how incompetent they are. And they look for those mentors. So that's a big part of their ministry is connecting or, or, or inspiring guys to find those mentors. But back to my initial, my initial, uh, statement or, or where I was heading People hear this and there's going to be people, people hearing this now. Tens of thousands of people are going to hear this show. They're going to hear this. They're going to nod their head. And they're going to wonder, but how do I do that? Hey, okay, I don't, I don't have, I don't know Zig. Uh, I, I don't know Fred or a Fred. I don't know somebody. How do, where's a place that I can turn to? And even how do I approach somebody to ask them for their wisdom, for their outpouring, for their investment, for their mentorship?
1: I don't know that you ask somebody for their wisdom. Dad saw mentoring almost in a scientific way. He said, when you start, if there is a skill that you want to develop, find somebody who is very good at that skill and go to them and say, I would like to learn how to do. He had a man that came to him one summer and said, I've been put on some major boards. I'm going to be speaking. I'm not very comfortable with that. May I come once a week, all summer long, I'm taking a sabbatical. May I come and have you talk to me about speaking skills? Mm -hmm. When that was over, They didn't continue with that relationship because that part of mentoring was really skill-based. Then there are life issues, character issues that you might see somebody that I would like to be a better father. I would like to be a better husband. I would like to be a woman in business who walks and talks with integrity. Find that person. And ask to spend time with them. Uh, we, Tom and I both feel, don't ever, don't ever get involved with somebody who volunteers to be your mentor. That is, you've got the cart before the horse. And that, you need to see your what is missing that you want to develop. Find a person. Dad had a great, when he was young, he identified eight characters, uh, characteristics that he wanted. And he identified eight people that exhibited those, wrote them and asked for a picture, a signed picture, and he put them on his office wall. And at the top, he put a picture of Christ. And at the bottom, he put a mirror. And it just reminded him of these characteristics and values that he wanted in his life. And I see that. It's harder for women, women who are listening. It is harder to identify because there aren't as many people there. There are many, many more than when I was coming up. But it's harder to find that woman and say, you know, I would like to talk with you, to emulate some of your, your characteristics is, is, you know, it was just harder Hmm. when I was coming along.
0: So in essence, you're saying, I mean, that's, that's profound. I mean, it's as we often pull out when we are talking about world changers, they do things that are just not normal to, to, (laughs) to think of characteristics. The first, even just to tangibly think of that and grasp it. These are characteristics that I want. I mean, folks, so, so listen, have you done that? Have I done that? To pull out what are the characteristics that you want? And from a personal standpoint, what do you want to be known for? We talked about that in last week's show, that people do know your personal code, whether you think you have one yes. uh, tangibly or not. They know it. It's, it's out there for everybody to see. But what are the characteristics you want? Now, who are some people who excel in those areas and to go and just ask them for their help, for for a, a word? i, I got to say there's somebody recently, Tom that from listening to the show, emailed me and said, Kevin, I keep hearing you talk about you've got, you know, you've got seven kids and all this stuff that you do as a father. And he asked just for some resources. He didn't ask a whole lot from me. He just said, could you give me, what are some resources that were impacting to you as a father? I was incredibly honored. And of course I I gave that Mm -hmm. Uh, people don't do that. They don't ask. So here is your call out folks, your, your challenge and your charge to ask those. And now I want to come back to something else that you said earlier, Brenda, that those folks who are, uh, we would we would expect and, and realistically so at the height of, of wisdom. I mean, they they are at a stage of life where it's not as harried as it used to be. Uh, so let's take that age of 65, which is good age. Mm-hmm. That's when you get Medicare. So that's apparently that at some point something happens. And, uh, but that they sometimes are often Missing purpose now. What do they? They don't don't have to do something specific, but what do they do? Playing golf every day gets old for anyone at some point. Mm. And for those, what a call out to them to there are people out here who need you desperately. What would you say to them?
1: Oh, when we first started this, I was telling somebody, some of the people that were on our first team, and they were all high-powered retired executives, mostly 70 and above at that point. And somebody said, man, you've got a bunch of Lamborghinis parked in the garage. <laughs> and I said, that's exactly right, and that's the way they feel because they're just at that point, they're out of corporate leadership, and they have so much to say and so much to give, and they feel shut out. They really feel shut out. So I would say, and, and I'm pretty evangelistic on this point, you never, never outlive your purpose that God gave you. There is no timestamp. stamp. You're not a carton of milk. You know, you never go sour. Your gifts are there until the day you die. The way you exercise them may change. But that gift is there for you to use, and, and you get creative. Mm-hmm. You know, find ways of using what's left. Eric Erickson, as a psychologist, has said as you age, you move the deterioration to the periphery, but the core never changes. So I feel like one of our opportunities is to identify creative ways. To use those gifts, use those purposes, use those callings, and I wrote an article once. I, it, I called it "Don't Put Me on the Bus." I have an aversion to senior ministries that put everybody on a bus and take them to the arboretum, and then they take them to the, you know, the cafeteria because they've got a special going at three in the afternoon. Don't put me on a bus. That's not my spiritual gift. And we have a whole generation. That should be actively involved. Oh, that's that's close
0: to home. I live up here in the mountains, and we have buses that, uh, in all <laughs> reality, take uh, some of the elderly folks to the casino uh, right. uh, off in the mountains. And that's a big business right. out here. And how much wisdom. You know, it reminds me we got a business idea here. Somebody's got to take this and run. There's right. a, I, I work uh, some in the healthcare industry as well. And there is an app you can download on your phone. This is not an advertisement for them, folks. It's just something I know of called Doctor On Demand. And there's so many people who want to talk specifically with a doctor right now. They don't want to search the internet and try to self-diagnose. Doctor On Demand, you can spend, uh, last I saw it was 40 bucks for 15 minutes face-to-face. They use FaceTime or some kind of a video app, and you can talk to a doctor. How about Mentor On Demand or or Wisdom On Demand when you reach one of those points in life. And and for those who don't have a mother or a father or a grandparent or or a pastor or somebody they can call on to say, I I need some clarity here. I've got to make a decision. I see people who are so averse to making a decision, especially if risk is in mind. So Brenda, can you guys develop that?
1: (laughs) Hey, Tom, (laughs) take it, Tom. (laughs) There you go.
0: There you go. He's got a
1: deep bench. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, well. hey, speaking of resources, Brenda, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot as we wrap up here. And again, just so grateful for all this. Uh, and folks, again, I want to make a call out. If you want to connect... Uh, with Brenda, she's two website uh, opportunities here. Breakfast with, Te- with Fred BreakfastwithFred.com, and then breakfast with Fred leadership institute.com. And actually you offered, or you want to do it again? Your per your actual email.
1: Yeah. It's Brenda at dot com.
0: Okay. If you want to connect with her, but go check out at least with breakfast with Fred. I know, I think that there's an email, List you can subscribe to is that correct? For yes,
1: a weekly thought that comes out, terrific stuff, just great stuff. Every Tuesday at six oh five a.m.
0: Well, I want to ask you just from a personal standpoint, as you are consistently daily dealing with your own inspiration and motivation and the ups and downs of life that we've talked about. Uh, it could be one, it can be three. Just a couple resources that you always go back to because you're not superwoman, you are human like everybody else, and you've got to keep yourself up and do the, the disciplined work of that. Give us a couple resources that folks can check
1: out. Chambers, uh Fenelon, those are my two go-to's. And it's interesting I have my dad's copy of Fenelon, and so I have his underlining and his notes. And, uh, and I just read a passage the other day and on the side of it, it says Zig. He had, he had bracketed a paragraph and had written Zig uh, because that applied in his mind to Zig. But the word, I do a Facebook post every night. I didn't intend to, but it started three years ago and we're going through the Bible and I take a chapter of the Bible every night and, and just see what comes out of that And that has been the best discipline that I've had in a long time. Prayer is really important to me. Uh, I put people on my fingers. You can't see my fingers, Kevin. But I put people on my fingers, and I pray, and I have categories. And so I pray for people because, you know, at my age, it's a little easier to remember that way. So, uh, But getting in the Word, I, I just think that's where it comes alive. And the community of faith. Never, never separate yourself from the community of faith.
0: Can I, is that Facebook post? Is that something that people could uh, tune into if they would like to?
1: Oh, sure. Where? You know, Brenda A. Smith on Facebook.
0: Brenda A. Smith. Okay. All right, folks. So there you go. And I'm going to write that down for myself. I'm going to send you my own Facebook request. Okay. Brenda A. Smith on Facebook. Brenda, thank you so much for for giving us your time, for doing what you do. Um, I was not aware of all that you shared today. And what you're doing on the the campuses is uh, profound. I have a son that is is just in his first year uh, of college, just as Tom does. And what a great provision. We just need more, I guess, at this point, huh? Yes. Okay. All right. (laughs) Thank you for being with us, Uh, folks. I hope you got as much value as I did out of our time today. Please go tune in to Brenda and what she is doing, breakfastwithfred.com. I think you can get to everywhere else uh, from there and be a part of the legacy that she is helping share with the world. Brenda, thank you. Tom, always an honor, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next Ziggler Show.
1: Thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at zigglershow.com. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.